0: The Jets defend pretty well as a team, and you'd probably be shocked to know that they're top 10, almost top five for chances against. But when it comes to, you know, building a better blue line and making this team even more lethal, how can the Jets improve the back end? We'll dive into that on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge. And ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDONNHL when you set up a brand new account to receive $20 off your first purchase. Stay tuned to hear about how GameTime can help you save time and money on your next big ticket purchases. Now, like I said, uh, tonight's episode, we want to spend some time talking about the defense. And why... Because it's been one of the bigger topics in Winnipeg recently, Uh, among Jets fans, uh, actually somebody on the last episode just mentioned that the Jets need two top 4D, uh, which I don't entirely disagree with. I think that's actually, you know, pretty true in a couple of areas, although I would say how the Jets are going to acquire said top 4D might not have to be through a trade, right? The Jets have some pretty cool prospects and young and up, up and coming players internally that they quite frankly should be giving a look at But you know, the other question is, all right, so you've got at least one or two internal internal upgrades, but you still need a really high-end puck mover from somewhere, uh, a player of like a Morrissey caliber, which the reality is, as of right now, there's not really anyone that I would say matches the level of output that Morrissey is capable of, right? Josh is a first-pairing guy. There's no question about it. And so for the Jets, you know, obviously the list of players that would actually improve this team and move the needle it's probably pretty small. We want to spend some time talking about that. Uh, but part of the reason I thought it'd be worth bringing up is because the Jets have now apparently been getting some interest in Logan Stanley. Uh, Logan obviously hasn't been playing a lot. Uh, the past couple of games he's been getting in. Apparently he is being paired with Sandberg against Colorado tomorrow, which I have to be honest. I don't think I'm, I'm feeling a hundred percent comfortable with. I know the Az have lost a lot of games recently, But make no mistake, Colorado is still really dangerous. And, um, you know, this is a team that's very fast, right? They may not have as much elite finishing talent as they did in previous years or when they won the Cup. But, you know, this is the last team that you can really sleep on. And, you know, Stanley tries hard. He always uh, tries to stand up for his teammates. Big player, very physical. But unfortunately, the, the size that he has isn't really an advantage, especially against speedier, smaller teams that can kind of get him in the corners with their agility and then cut back and sort of take advantage of the fact that, quite honestly, Stanley's not really a defensive type. You know, if you had made him into a more mobile, attacking-minded, sort of Tyler Myers-y player, I think that actually fit more with what his skill set is. Now, he doesn't really have the level of technical ability that some of those um Rangier guys like Hag, you know, have. And I think that's where you've seen a big difference in his scoring output, right? He's, you know, he's a seventh C. And I, I think it's probably fair to say that, you know, on the list of Jets defenders that are currently on the roster in terms of overall impact and performance, Stanley is kind of at the bottom. And it's not really a question of effort. He fights and tries very hard. It's just he's not that great uh, when it comes to defensive work, right? So, there's been some suggestions from Bruce Gary of uh, the Ottawa sun that apparently there's interest in Stanley services. And I would say it probably has to do with the size and age because Logan is on the younger side, relatively speaking he's six, six or six, seven actually. Uh, And you know, he's what just about a mil considering the the price tag and what a lot of teams are probably going to see in his physicality and, you know, the sheer, um, on paper uh, biographical data, teams salivate over this stuff. I mean, the the size of the Chicago Blackhawks defense uh, was actually made a point of note the other night when they iced a team that I don't think, or like a blue line unit that had no one under like 6'3", I'm pretty sure. If there was somebody, it had to have been like 6'2", on the shortest end. So, a very tall blue line, but let's be honest, that blue line is tall and it does not stop very much. So, Yeah, size isn't everything. It can be an advantage for some players if they know how to use it. I think with Logan, that's always been one of the things that I've noticed with him is he struggles to make the the best use of being a huge rangy player. I feel like if he was capable of using his stick in better areas and kind of using his ranginess to cut down on passing and shooting lanes, I'd have a very different thought about him. But, you know, you you don't really see him winning too many physical battles. You see a lot of smaller uh, speedier skaters, unfortunately kind of dancing around him or getting him into bad situations under pressure so at this point I think a divorce would be the right choice you know he's also talked about not really being happy sitting on the bench he reiterated that he hates watching and honestly I just don't know what the Jets would really want to uh, get out of him because like in terms of being a guy who's like a fine press box player that's kind of where I see him uh, really providing the most value for the Jets I hate to say it but The Jets have, you know, at least six other defenders who are able to bring a a bit more. You know, even Schmidt at his worst is probably still uh, a better performer overall than what Stanley has been able to bring. So, uh, you know, for me, whatever people want to pay for him, I I don't even care at this point. I think it would just make sense to cut a roster spot and let Stanley try to find, you know, a a role somewhere else with another team. Maybe he's able to, you know, kind of resurrect his career and turn it around with another another squad that somehow unlocks the hidden potential within him. I think at this point, from my own personal perspective, I think he kind of is what he is. Uh, I I don't know that there's a lot more in the tank beyond that, but maybe again, he somehow surprises us. My guess though, is that what you see is sort of what you get with him. So, um, you know, wishing him all the best of luck. If a team does make a trade, Bruce did mention that the Jets aren't actively shopping Stanley, but given that there was a trade request rumor earlier this year and the fact that Stanley just does not play and has only been getting into games over the past couple of days does to me seem to indicate that, you know, he is probably viewed as expendable. I think Schmidt is also kind of in that camp right now because, you know, he's been press boxed recently. The kids are playing a lot more uh, over, over him. So you know i think the, the the days of this particular blue line unit being uh how it is right now are are starting to wind down which is only a good thing for the jets because quite honestly they need to recover cap space they need to recover roster spots and they need to reallocate and open up opportunities for some other young prospects to get into the big leagues and earn their keep so a lot to keep track of but Obviously, the Jets still need to likely make some kind of an acquisition at the trade deadline to make this Jets blue line unit even better and more uh, aggressive, faster and skilled, which they have a lot of opportunities to do. This time, we're going to focus on kind of the expiring free agents, players who you might say are more on the rental side of things and whether or not any of them are worth resigning should the Jets acquire them. But before we get into all of that, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at game time. When it comes to buying tickets, you know better than anyone else that you get hit with a lot of surprise fees. You also get hit with plenty of service charges so that that $30 ticket you thought was going to be a bargain ends up somehow being $50. And, you know, you're looking at your wallet after buying maybe two or three tickets and you're thinking to yourself, how did I get here? Game time knows exactly the struggles that you're going through and they want to help out. They've got a great service that offers killer last minute deals, flash sales, and they also offer things like a lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and so much more. Even better, a lot of the times you can actually see what the view from your seat is like inside the venue because they know that the last thing you want to do is spend $300 on some playoff ticket and find out that you're sitting behind a giant pillar in the middle of nowhere, right? You don't want to have obstructed views, and they want to make sure that, you know, you get what you're paying for and you actually have fun. So... If you're ready to take the guesswork out of buying tickets, download the GameTime app, create an account, and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that is uh, code LOCKEDONNHL, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L for $20 off. Terms do apply. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. While we're at it, I also wanted to talk about our friends at FanDuel. You know, this is a time when the weather's getting colder and the NFL offers stay hot hot. Only with FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And hey, if you're a Ravens fan like me, you can probably bet that that $5 is going to be getting you $150 real quick. Uh, I know that there's a trap game supposedly coming up this weekend against the Rams. Or you know, I'm not really too worried about that though. Um, what I will say, you know, is that. For those of you who might be Vikings fans, you know, you might be a little bit more nervous about casting that $5 bet, but no worries. You know, the Vikes are probably going to win another game at some point before we all die. (laughs) And you know what? If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use, and there's a ton of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now and kick off the NFL season in style. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us in tonight's episode as we talk about uh, a question that I think is worth exploring, right? What do the Jets need to add on the defense to make this team legitimately pretty good? I think it's a little bit more of a complicated question because, you know, on the one hand, uh, the, the commenter on the other episode that was talking about, you know, two top four D is, is on the money in terms of, you know, how the jets could honestly improve, right? There's no real question that Winnipeg's blue line could benefit from having uh two top four D, but what does that even mean? Right? What kind of D should the jets be after? And to be honest, you know what they need? They need puck moving ability. Uh, that's kind of been the one critical weakness with this team is that <clears throat> generally speaking, Uh, The Jets defense is, I wouldn't say static, but you notice a bit of a a bit of a foot speed issue with the squad, especially when they are chasing after the play or uh, occasionally trying to transition play further up the ice. I think it's especially noticeable when the Jets are looking for offensive support from the blue line and they're not really getting it as much um, from guys like, you know, Nate Schmidt and Brendan Dillon. Even to a point, you know, Dylan Sandberg, much as I do enjoy him, I know that he is more of like a solid defensive presence. Uh, well, actually, not solid, really good, a really good defensive presence. Uh, you can tell, though, that like offense isn't really his game. And so that's where I kind of feel like Winnipeg um, is is wanting to find a more attacking minded option. And if you're looking at like the, uh, the 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 list of free agents that are coming up, and, you know, players that the Jets could potentially trade for. There's there's not a lot that I would say really makes uh, a lot of sense for the Jets. Um, obviously, you know, for Winnipeg's blue line, it, it's tough, right? Because you've got a really solid top four as constructed. Um, I'm going to arrange these pairs not by uh, their current role, but more like in terms of their their current value to the team. So, like, you've got Morrissey and DeMello... Uh, you've got Pionk and Sandberg, you've got Brendan Dillon and somebody else, right? Whether it's Chisholm, Stanley, uh, Schmidt, pretty much doesn't matter. It's all kind of basically even in that area. Uh, But I would say Chisholm and and Heinella obviously are more likely to be on the plus side of that value than some of the other players I just mentioned. All that said, right, you have a lot of guys who are kind of like I would say middle pairing D. Uh, ideally, DeMello is not on the first pair. Like he's been very good in his role, but ideally he is not the first pairing blue liner that you're looking for. And I would say the same is probably true of, uh, you know, a Neil Pionk, right? Neil is a, a solid second pairing defender. He's got some good offensive skills. He can score. He can do all that fun stuff, but you want to kind of limit just how much you use him, uh, especially with the fact that you know, honestly, he still has moments of his in his game where you get those chaotic turnovers, some missed defensive reads. I'll say this, though, for Pionk this year, he's been significantly better than he was last year to even just being good at times, uh, having some great games recently. I feel like his overall um, decision making has been pretty good. So I'm really happy for him of, of any player this year that I think you really want to root to do, you know, root to do well, he's got to be at or near the top of the list for Winnipeg's players. So uh, really happy to see him thriving recently. I think for the, the rest of the Jets defense, though, you know, looking at potential options that are kind of I would say more value focused Sean Walker from the uh, the flyers has been floated about by some of my friends in a fantasy pool. And I've seen Walker's name tossed around before. I've probably even mentioned him back when he was with the LA Kings as, you know, a solid second pairing defender who might be kind of like in that Dylan DeMello camp of being a solid two-way player who can help with some transition who offers enough defensive presence uh, to be decent maybe not amazing, but decent enough and can still, you know, chip in offensively with some quality passing and maybe even a goal here and there. Uh, DeMello, not really as much of a scorer, but Walker this year has already got three goals and he's signed to like a $2.65 million deal, which is really, really inexpensive. And he's also a righty, which is where the jets quite honestly don't have much depth. So Walker, I could see the jets perhaps pursuing, Uh, Brett Pesci might be another guy that they take some interest in because Pesci is kind of like that defensive anchor, you know, anchor sort of in the um, Brendan Dillon category of player where you're asking him to be more of the details oriented, uh, settle, settling down kind of guy next to a more active player like Morrissey or Pionk or something like that. Pesci, I, I, I don't know if I'd really be um, super excited to go after him. I feel like his game over the years hasn't really been anything where I've I've felt, you know, he's taken the next step to being an elite shutdown player. I think he'd be pretty good for the Jets. I just don't know if it's necessarily worth the cost of admission. For me, you know, I always like puck moving ability. I like offensive skill. And I feel like one guy that I'd be very interested in if the Red Wings would let him go is Shane Gostespierre. And Gus Despair could have been you know, a Jet for probably nothing, given that the Flyers were trying to dump him a while back. Uh, since then, you know, Shane has kind of, I'd say, resuscitated his career. This year, especially with the Wings, he's got 19 points in 23 games already, and it's not really an accident. The dude's just a really effective attacking blue liner, and I think for the Jets, he'd be a great boost. He is a lefty, so I know that that tends to uh, annoy people when you have too many lefties on the roster. But quite honestly, I don't care Uh, if he's good at what he does. You just go after him. Now, he is kind of, you know, on the older side. So for me, he probably sticks out as more of a rental with a Sean Walker type. You're probably also not really wanting to extend too long here. Both are almost 30 or just around 30 Uh, in Gus Despair's case. He actually is 30. So you know, over the next couple of years, a couple of years, you do expect them to maybe start slowing down. I think all of these guys for me make sense as kind of like a short-term option rather than a long-term solution. If the Jets are trying to go long-term, maybe you go after Noah Hannafin. I'm never, I've never really been a Hannafin fan. I, I feel like, you know, the reputation that he has may be uh, exceeds what his level of production is. He's not a bad player by any stretch of the imagination, but I've always kind of felt he's kind of like super souped up Tyler Myers. He's better defensively and brings more offense, but you know, in terms of what the Jets probably need, I'm just a bit mixed on him. Maybe he'd come to Winnipeg and kill it. I don't really know, but I, I feel like if we're going after somebody and you're going to be trying to acquire a prime aged D, maybe somebody who's under contract control, just go for broke, go for Sanheim. Really, you know, you don't have to mess around with lots of rentals. I would say try and go for term. I know that's not always possible, but if you're the Jets and you've got the kind of prospect pool that Winnipeg now does, it might not be the worst decision to make. But who knows? Maybe the Jets will surprise us and go for somebody I have not even thought about. Or maybe they, you know, kind of do the old standby of bringing in a more depth defender. Before the Jets even get to trades, though, they've just got to get through this first week of hockey, right? Uh, uh, obviously, not first week, but, you know, this week ahead is, is, is going to be rough. I'm going to be honest. The Jets have a lot of really tough opponents, quite a few difficult road games, and we're going to be seeing Pierre-Luc Dubois again. Which, after all the slandering I've been doing on Twitter, maybe gives him some bulletin board material. We'll talk about which teams are going to be the toughest ones for Winnipeg to get by in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at Indeed. When it comes to building you know, your fantasy team, you probably wish that you could do the same thing that you do with your draft with your small business team if you're building a roster to win the league you've got to get indeed indeed is the only hiring platform where you can attract interview and hire all in one single place don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with indeed they've got great options like instant match assessments and virtual interviews to make sure that you always find the best quality candidates as quickly as possible for me, who's actually used Indeed as an employee seeking work, it was really convenient. Filling out applications was a breeze. You got callbacks within a reasonable amount of time. It just made a ton of sense for me. And so I know for business owners, it has to be a phenomenally convenient service. Indeed also knows that when you're growing your own business, you have to make every single dollar count. And that's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit indeed.com slash on to start hiring right now. That's indeed.com slash on Indeed.com slash on Terms and conditions apply, cost per application pricing is not available for everyone. If you need to hire, you need indeed. Hello friends and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On. Winnipeg Jets part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Everydayers, thank you so much for joining us in tonight's closing thoughts as we take a look at Winnipeg's week ahead, which is going to be a tough schedule. Uh, the Jets are going to kick off the end of this week with a couple of games, uh, You know, the first one being a game against the Colorado Avalanche and then a Sunday game against the apparently not pushover Anaheim Ducks. The Ducks actually pushed the abs over the last few games, even beat them once, so like, the Jets really can't sleep on this team. And then next week, Winnipeg has... A a bit of a fun one, right? They have to go to San Jose, and like the Sharks, really shouldn't be an opponent that gives the Jets trouble. But we've seen San Jose kind of run up the score recently against some pretty okay opponents. So maybe the Sharks have slowly turned things around. Maybe they're a little bit better. I don't know. But whatever the case may be, you know that that's like the easiest opponent the Jets have that week. On Wednesday, the Jets are going to have one of their big tests against one of the strongest teams in the NHL in the LA Kings. Winnipeg is going to have to go to uh, LA and win in a very unfriendly environment, which for the jets is not going to be super easy. The Kings are a tough team. They hit hard, they pass well, they score a lot and they are very effective at, you know, kind of getting into Winnipeg's uh, blind spots, right? This Kings team in the past has generally been very scrappy, very skilled and, you know, sneakily, underrated. And I think now that they're starting to dominate the Pacific and look, the Pacific sucks, but like the, the Kings can't do anything about that. They're still just a really good team. And like the Dubois trade, obviously I don't think really was that great for them. I know that they consolidated some roster spots and cap space into a single player, but yeah, I, I kind of feel like, you know, LA was already good enough without going through that move. The, the combinations of Elardi, Kupari and Ayafalo probably would have brought overall more value. But the Kings are still really good even without him, especially with uh, Byfield and Kopitar continuing to cook recently. This team, yeah, I would not be shocked if the Jets kind of get lit up on the road. And I hate to say that, but it's just, it just seems like a likely scenario. Then the Jets get to play Colorado again uh, just a week or so later on Saturday at home. It will actually kick off a pretty nice homestand for a couple of games where the Jets are going to get a tour to East. Um, but, you know, th- this this December is pretty packed, right? Winnipeg is going to have some some easier games here and there. But for the most part, there's a lot of playoff teams, a lot of squads that are at worst kind of on the bubble of playoff spots. So the Jets just aren't going to have any free passes. There's not going to be a lot of space. And Winnipeg is going to have to be really careful not to get into any sort of bad habits that cause them to slide. One thing I think I've been a little bit concerned with recently is that the Jets at even strength haven't been like outstanding. Uh, the, The Hawks game and the Hurricanes game They were, you know, a little bit mediocre. The Hawks game, like obviously the Jets controlled play a lot more frequently, but like the Hurricanes game, Winnipeg only had control in a couple of key areas. Carolina just sort of peppered Brassois the whole time. And while, you know, he stood tall and generally, you know, the Jets defense limited the danger and kinds of opportunities that Carolina had, you still get yourself worried into really, you know, serious uh, situations where you, you find yourself only up by one. And this team does not de- de- uh, defend a lead well, right? Winnipeg traditionally blows these. And so I just, I do kind of wonder, right? This team, since Bones has come back, hasn't quite been as effective as it was under Arneal. But I'm willing to give it some time. Hopefully, you know, Bones is able to right the ship and get this team back to dummying opponents. Because when this team really starts skating and picks up the pace, they are an absolute avalanche of offense. Speaking of avalanche, we see them tomorrow. Let's hope the Jets can show them a little bit of a, uh, a Rocky Mountain high of sorts, but this time with Winnipeg uh, being the victor. But we'll see how the Jets do. Let's hope for a big win. Give me your score predictions in the comments below or at my social medias at HL Living Loco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. I think I said yesterday a 4-2 Jets victory. I think I'll stand behind that one. Obviously not going to be an easy one. Please, for the love of all that's good and holy, uh, you know, Stanley, have the monster game of your career because the SAVs team is a bit of a pickle to uh, be any sort of deficient against. They're fast, they're skilled, and they will put a hurting on you if you so much as slip on the ice. So, Winnipeg, be on your best behavior. Come away with a massive two points on the road. But for tonight's show, that's going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We'll see you back here tomorrow with some early thoughts on Winnipeg versus Colorado, and hopefully we have good things to say about the Jets. But like I said, that's all for tonight. Have a great night, and as always, Go Jets Go!